Okay, so, so let's stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. And if you're listening to this right now, it's probably the first week of January, meaning I took the last week off, well, of December. I usually do, you know, the four episodes, three regular, one music. But the past couple of weeks have been kind of, well, it's been busy. But my my wife's been home a little bit more, so her my recording time has kind of been off. So not only that, been involved with the kids more. And I mean, what could I say? So I recorded the last one on my phone making breakfast. And let me tell you, the editing process for that one was very strenuous. It pretty much took me a good two days to edit. Usually when I edit the episodes, it's probably like around, if I sit down, maybe about a good hour, hour and a half if I just, you know, do it straight through, being able with distractions, watching shows, you know, the kids, whatever. It takes a little bit more time. But with the last episode, man, it was rough, but I wanted to just kind of have something, something to record. And I knew time was winding. That's why I kind of let it out like day late, just because I knew it was, I've been meaning to record it. So hopefully it wasn't that bad. He kind of got the point from it. And I mean, this week's is a little bit better. But this episode is going to be mainly just talking about hopes for the new year. And maybe with the new year here, putting aside all that's going on politically and the new variant of the, the COVID virus, it's still a little much. 2020 is just, it's still here. <laughs> I mean, what could I say? 2019 just ended. But in reality, it was about, it was two years ago, which unreal to think of. And it just sounds like time's been stretched. What can we do? New Year's here and of course, with New Year's, there's new resolutions, and I've never been really one to set those kind of resolutions, you know, like you want to eat better, you want to, I don't know, work out more, and I mean, I always thought, like, you want to do it, just do it. Don't wait, just just do it. And since this is a parenting podcast, I do have parenting goals I want to set for this year. And first is just really to talk to my boy more. And don't get me wrong, talk to him a lot. But I did have this kind of, you know, this, this kind of blame that I put on myself. Like, I should have talked to him more before, you know, his sister came. Maybe I would have helped him better with the speech. So I, I do have that in the kind of back of my head. But, I mean, the kids just get it nonstop now. Actually, he repeated intro to a Joey Diaz episode. So if you don't, if you, if you want to hear what he said, just check out one of those episodes. And, and yeah, so he's, you know, he's talking more. But, you know, I want to get him to talk more, be more open with his feelings, his interactions, his better to describe things. I mean, he's he's killing it on all ends, but I just I just want to do more. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? You know, being a little late bloomer, but there's nothing wrong with that. Everything's setting in fine. You know, but it's just basic things that me and my wife are doing, and that's just to help out, and that's just basic communication. Sometimes when things don't get, you know, his way, he'll have a tantrum, but I see him get frustrated because he's trying to explain, but with everything going on in his little head, it just comes out at once and it just lets out a burst of raw emotion. Right now with me, I see you see it, it's kind of like in Happy Gilmore, 
when he has his tantrum, when he doesn't make the putt and he throws his club. And you get kind of expect it, and then all of a sudden, he refrains himself. It's kind of like that. Max is frustrated. It's kind of like him, like Happy Gilmore, throwing a putt out. <laughs> so when he does, you know, all right, next time, something like that, it's kind of like, oh, something's new. <laughs> but taking the approach of taking things slow and trying to get him to understand seems to be working a bit. He's remembering more for, you know, the next occurrence, because let's face it, there is going to be more and more and more occurrences. So, I mean, you can't fault anybody for that. It's just trial and error. So with this new year, it's definitely more practice. And to be honest, this past year, we're like maybe six months, our, our worries about his speech have gone down and we couldn't be happier for the little guy. And it's, I mean, he's accomplished so much already. Plus the kid is killing it in his schoolwork. I mean, hitting that first grade reading level and math and, you know, and language arts, so we couldn't be more proud of him right now. And another hope is really getting in charge of our emotions, and this goes for us parents and kids. Well, speaking for myself, first when the kids have tantrums, their outbursts, it's it's constantly explaining now what's going on, what's most important, and really to let the kids know that they're not in trouble. That's their new thing where. They get frustrated. We try to talk to them or we try to tell them, you know, come here, let me explain. First thing is I'm in trouble. So we kind of want to separate that, that thinking from a simple, basic mistake that we all make. And the thing that we try to get through them is that, you know, it's not their fault. You know, it's a mistake. We get through it. You could overcome it. And you don't want them to beat themselves up over it first. You know, small little things because that could build up and build up later on and, you know, get worse from there. So it's kind of like pre-attacking something before it happens. But I mean, this is just basic life steps. Because clearly some of these frustrations the kids felt, they, they think it's their fault. And clearly it's not. It's just when that's when it's our paternal turn to, you know, step in and let them know, you're like, hey, whatever happened, it's over. Let's learn from it from the next time. So... Whatever does happen, you have a better chance, you know, to handle it. And if not, guess what? Your mom and dad are right here. You know, you're not in trouble and it's not your fault. Little things like that, we tell them. But honestly, it's just amazing to see the children try to explain their emotions. I think if us as parents approach it with some calmness, it shows the kids, you know, what they're yelling about may not need the whole, you know, show and tantrum that they're throwing. There's other ways to explain, there's other ways to let us know you know what's going on you know but let's face it sometimes you just gotta let them cry it out and you know let out their emotions there's times where we talk to the boy and the girl and we explain to them they say okay they get it they understand but they still feel sad they still cry and that's that's fine it just they started they may have seen that you know what they're crying for they could get over it but the fact that they worked themselves up so much, you just kind of got to let those emotions dry out. Let them cry it out for you know, a couple minutes, and then eventually they're, they're fine. They understand, they're good, and then, you know, if it does happen again, they're, they're cool with it next time. They, they kind of remember. It's happened this past week a couple of times with each of the kids, so, I mean, little by little. You know, but usually a hug, reassurance is kind of like the best way to comfort them. But as for us adults, well... Sometimes it's easy for our kids to hit those right buttons. 
We all know how to look at these situations from my back. All it takes is work and practice. I myself try to work on it every day just to be conscious of what, what can happen because, I mean, no it's, no one's perfect, and I'm just speaking for myself. It's these things I constantly have to remind myself every day. And I'm human and sometimes may slip up. I may get a little overly aggravated in what they're doing or frustrated. But you know, that's it's part of the game. That's part of their job. I had to kind of be on an edge and look out for clues to, you know, to see what's going to happen. Very, very, very last thing I want to do is completely lose my control. And I know I want, especially with my wife being here a little bit more. I mean, we help each other out. So, you know, definitely that won't happen. So this year for a couple of episodes coming up, I definitely want to just start talking about kids' mental health, you know, their mental well-being. And it's not some concept that is taught by, you know, some of our people, some of the, the Mexican culture, because even now it's considered as doing white people things. But it's not really, not really about that, is it? It's really about taking charge of your child's well-being. And yeah, you could say they're fed, they're clothed. They're not homeless. And you can just leave it at that and say, you know, there's other kids that are far worse off. And that's kind of like the cop out we all usually take. But nobody wants to have that conversation. No one wants to put ahead, you know, the kids mental well-being. Because let's face it, in a lot of our culture, it's like, you know, shut up, go aside. And it's not really about that. It's more about sucking it up. You just got to do what you have to do. And it's not no sit down, no checking up of your mental well-being. It's, it's really none of that. You know, it's so easy to just send the kids to school, pick them up, feed, take to practice, deal with your spouse, get ready for bed, repeat, you know, all for the next day. The kids' feelings seem to get lost in between of all of those schedules. And in no way, in shape, or form am I blaming anybody or just trying to use anybody as an example. This is just in general. I mean, if you feel like you're not paying attention to your kids, you know, mental well-being, then change. Take a step and try to educate yourself, try to help, do whatever you want to do to make yourself a better, better parent. I think we all get to that point where we want to make ourselves better parents. We want to make ourselves a better person for the kids to look up to. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking ownership and saying, you know what, I got to kind of step it up a bit. Or I want to know why is this? I want to know why my kids are doing that. And there's no shame in either asking for help, looking up books, looking up some research, asking some friends kind of get a general consensus of what's the next step you should take? How can you approach things? But you know, in our culture, taking this step, taking this approach, it's kind of like, why well, you're doing white people shit. And that's, that's just a huge cop-out. It's just a huge mirror into the person that does say that. It's so easy to say that because they don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to look at the problems that they have. And we've all seen this growing up. Well, we, I mean, my side of the culture We've all seen it growing up. No one wants to have that conversation. No one wants to let the feelings out. Feelings are just left buried. We work them off, meaning we just go to work. We don't really think about them until the wrong time, until we get lost behind the bottle, we get lost behind the needle, whatever powder's coming up our nose, that's when we expect those feelings to come out. And sadly, there's no need for that. I've seen many, many family members take this route and it doesn't end well. To the point, well, I mean, they're not here today. You know, we can't have young kids suppress their feelings like that. I mean, with my generation right now, there's a big uptake. And I mean, a lot of us are 
seeing therapy, I'm using this as a kind of therapeutic tool and, and it's helping a lot of people are going to therapy, um, more feelings are being talked about. And that kind of that stigma, that barrier of talking about our feelings and emotions, it's getting broken down. And I think for the good. And it's so easy when we have our, our parents or elders, they come from the more old school, traditional countryside where they do teach us that. Maybe not so few words, but they do let us know, like, you got to stop that. You got to go forward. You got to be strong. You got to do this and that. And sadly, time moves on and those feelings just get deeper and deeper and deeper. In young Latino adults, 10% of those have suicide thoughts. 3.2% have made a plan about it. 1.2% have attempted it. So that's you know, not that bad of, of a number, right? The 10%, 3.2%, 1.2%. That's over a million people that have these feelings. Honestly, if you're asking me, it's, it's too many. Just imagine a million people, one side of the street, packed, shoulder to shoulder, front and back, knowing that all those people have thought about suicide, wanting to kill themselves, percentage of that made a plan how to do it, and then another percentage of that have attempted it. Just, just think about that. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a route that It's a route that we shouldn't have to be talking about. But fortunately, that's how the world is right now. I mean, all these numbers, there's just the Latino side, not to mention the other races. That's what's really scary is that these numbers go dramatically up when we involve other races in this. And this was done from a 2019 survey. So you could imagine what these past couple of years have done since then to those numbers. I mean, so what's my point in this? It's really just spreading awareness. I'm not expecting everyone to study my words or like the Bible or you have to do what I say. But if I can spark someone to be more aware, maybe just somewhere down the line, either they could either help a family member or a friend or something. And that's really all I want from this. I really want to focus up on opening up that door for us to be more open with our feelings. Not to shame, but to help with the process and, you know, heal. I mean, what's one of the things that, let's say, a guy to guy talks to each other or tries to? One thing they start before being serious is they get made fun of and their thoughts and feelings aren't taken seriously, even though it's with one of your friends. It happens. I mean, but you go, if you go through these thoughts saying nothing's going to change, nothing's going to happen, if you go through this thought day in, day, day after day, then you already defeated yourself way even before you tried. So those are just my, what I want to accomplish for this year, for this podcast. I mean, there's going to have, I'm going to have tons more subjects. Um, I'll actually read a couple off right now. So just off at the top of the list that I've already written out that I'm going to be recording is, bear with me. Don't let the outside family know what you're thinking about. We measure ourselves through the eyes of who we love. Raising a boy, raising a girl. School to prison pop line. School to present pipeline. I was the good deed. Overcoming past trauma for a better future. The only child. The difference between the dad and the father. All things must pass and so on and so on. So, yes, a couple of episodes I do take from 
whatever song that, you know, pops up and gives me inspiration at that point. Like the all things must pass. You might recognize that from a George Harrison song. I have one called Childhood Zen, and that's from a Pink Floyd song. And that episode is basically me laying out where my childhood kind of ended. <laughs> but thanks a lot for listening for another week. And until next time.